Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. The Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather. Jay Walker is visiting in the hallway. He'll be in here in just a second. We got plenty to dig into this hour. Of course, it's Tuesday. We got terrible tune Tuesday. Going to talk some college football. A little bit of hoops. Major League Baseball playoffs. I mean, you talk about starting off with a bang. bang. It's just a, just the Yankees and Red Sox in a wild card game to kick things off, which, oh, by the way, you can hear right here on ESPN 1420. Um, Mr. Baseball, Jay Walker, you love baseball. I do. Your Dodgers, they're in the mix. They happen to be playing the Giants. Talk about... Um, a lot of heavy lifting early on for both teams. Well, before they do that, they're going to play the hottest team in baseball. It, look, you think they're going to? You think they could lose that? Oh hell yes, they could lose that. All right. Let me let me let this this boggles my mind. Okay, the Dodgers win a hundred and six games this year, hundred and six, and their reward is they get sudden death against the hottest team in baseball. What have they won? Like eighteen and nineteen. Uh, 19 out of 20. 19 out of 20. Yeah. Ooh, the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright uh, has turned back the clock. He's 40. He thinks he's 25. Um, you know, Max Scherzer's going to go for the Dodgers. He's not been very good his last two starts. Um, you know, they're playing in L.A., and, you know, there's still people that say, who's going to win the World Series? And, and there are a lot of these pundits say the Dodgers, and I'm going, just get me to the next round, baby. I, um... Uh, it, I, I was I was rooting for complete chaos too. Oh, I know. I wanted a four way tie. I wanted the complete madness. As it turns out, it didn't happen. Um, it was. Um, I I texted my good friend um, Adam Prendergast, uh, who's the sports information director at Troy, because he is uh, from Canada and he's a huge Blue Jays fan. Mm-hmm. So I look today. He sends me. Uh, uh, a jiffy of a somebody blown into a paper bag, and they go out and they just they just kick the tar out of their opponent. So all they need is either the the Yankees or the Red Sox to lose. That's all they need. Red Sox are down five to two. Um, they come back, tie it up, win it in the ninth inning, and then the Yankees and Rays are nothing nothing in the bottom of the ninth, and Aaron Aaron Judge gets a walk off single. And so, you know, my my buddy, you know, the the paper bag popped, and uh, I was I was rooting for it too. I was rooting for the Mariners, and J- yeah, I was I was. If you're talking about uh, it, it did it didn't play out the way we wanted, but baseball doesn't mind having Yankees Red Sox. ESPN doesn't mind having Yankees Red Sox in an AL wild card game tonight. Um, 19 games they played, Sox won 10, Yankees won 9. Oof. Cardinals, Dodgers tomorrow, as you reference. Again, you can hear those games here on ESPN 1420. But beginning the postseason with those four teams, some historic franchises with large fan bases in wild card games. Yeah. You talk about I my my only worry is do they have the most drama right out the gate and then the rest of the playoffs are like good but can't quite live up to that 
there's something about a wild card game that the nerves, the pressure, all of it, it's you can't recreate it. No, it's it's like somebody's fan base is gonna want to throw up. I'm just saying. We went through 162 and we got to this and this this is this is how it goes down. And right. and and look, I think the division series, you know, the Yankees Red Sox winner has to play Tampa, who's my pick to win the World Series. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um and then you've got the White Sox, who honestly, I think, are, when healthy, I think they're better than the Astros, but they've got some issues with their pitching staff. They got they got one of the most talented teams in baseball. The White Sox do, and so I think that's got a chance to be a great series. The Braves and Brewers, yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I, you Atlanta, know, I, I think Atlanta. Milwaukee's really good, um, and I also don't think it matters. Because whoever wins the division series between the Giants and whoever they play is going to be in the World Series, I think. Giants are the best team of baseball. Yes, they are. They proved it. 107 wins, franchise record. And they did it. You know, you talk about a turn-back-the-clock pitching staff. They got a bunch of Cincinnati Reds cast-offs as their pitching staff. And they just went out and performed. Now, that lineup is just outstanding. Um but everybody said, well, they're, you know, they're not going to win it. They got no pitching. <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. It's why it, you know October is the best. You got the meat of football. You have the start of basketball. You have baseball playoffs and World Series. And for those that love hockey, like maybe you got Phil Devi, you got that that gets underway. Let's drop the puck. So I I love the month of October when it comes to sports. Um, we mentioned basketball. Cajun fans upset about uh, uh, the 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 non conference schedule at home. What well, are your they're, thoughts they're on they, all that? Look, they've been they've been bitching about that for years. Shut up. You don't have any thoughts specifically this year about it. Shut up. That's all. That's it. You know, I mean, look, what's the difference between the schedule this year and the schedule last year? Last year you had Louisiana Tech at home. All right, that was that was a difference. This year there you're on the road now. Next year, you're scheduled to have Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, both at the Cajun Dome. Um, it, it, they wanted to have one of those games at home. It didn't work out. Look, the non-conference schedule at the Cajun Dome every year is not good, okay? This year's no different than what it's been for the past 10 years. If, if I may, I understand and agree with the thought of well if you had it if it was better would they have a bunch more people there and in terms of better and what's realistic better okay yes you could have something better realistically that might get there but is it going to have this large increase no you're not going to get you no. know the number one team coming in but i i do i can understand some fans being like yeah but like we're the ones that are here all the time we we would like something a little better if they want to complain. I'm not so going to tell they. them not to. So would they. Yeah. You know, so would so would the coaching staff and the team. How hard is it right now from a scheduling standpoint? Evidently, it's brutal. You know, and I, I heard that they had one, maybe two things lined up and then it kind of fell kind through of fell late. Through at the last minute. Which isn't yeah. I know folks don't want to hear it. I'm not no. I'm not I'm not and, saying, oh, well, you get over it because this but, happened. No, I'm not saying that. I can, I can, and, I can and empathize I can, and, with that. And them. look, and, and I'm okay with the fact that fans don't like the schedule, but but don't act like this hasn't happened before. I mean, th- this is happening every year, and it and it and it's going to continue to happen 
until you get teams in your peer conferences to agree to play a home-and-home. And, you know, Southern Miss, that game was supposed to was supposed to be played last year, and then because of the pandemic, it got pushed to this year. Um, and and they'll be at the Cajun Dome next year. Louisiana Tech will be at the Cajun Dome next year. Uh, and hopefully they can add one or two more. But, you know, this business of, oh, you'd pack the Dome if you brought so-and-so in, that's garbage. And the statistics bear it out. It's not... Oh, well, I have the opinion. Well, look, I got numbers right here. All right. Tennessee was a top 10 team when they came to the Cajun. We couldn't draw 5,000 people for it. Three for one, by the way. Which yeah, was not a three a, for one. Which was a terrible three for deal. One. Yeah. I, uh, look, again, I don't disagree with you on that point. I the only, the only point I'm making is for, like, the fans that are there all the time, they're like, man, I, 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 if, if the, if in their mind, which it might be misguided, if in their mind they're like, well, yeah, I, they're saying, well, if you know, Southern Miss isn't going to draw any more than Loyola, great university, great academic university, great by academic the way, university. then then they're just looking at us who are always here and saying, oh, well, you don't matter, and that's not that's not necessarily what's happening. No, it isn't. But in terms of them kind of feeling like, well, does do I even get sure? I mean, I. I think I think the the they care very much about the fans and they want more and they need more and all of that. Um, it, it it seems like the fans that are there are going to be there and in college basketball right now. How do you increase that at the majority of universities around the country right now? Well, you know, I and I don't have an answer to that. I can tell you this: go look at the schools in our league, and look at their home schedules and see if they're a heck of a lot different. And look at their, and, and look at their attendance. And look at their attendance. It's not, so, it's, their attendance it, is down. It's you below know, that. If you don't think that this is something that permeates mid-major schools in the Deep South, um, think again, because it does. And, you know, I, I know, you know people want to blame Bob Marlin for it, but I, I made the comment. To, to Mike Bear, okay? A lot of people know Mike. He's a big Cajun fan. He said, you know, there are a lot of people that are unhappy with the schedule. I said, let me tell you something. Yeah, your road schedule at home. Indiana, Houston, Marshall, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech. You could have that as your home schedule, and people would bitch because you were playing two non-D1s. That's the way... Our basketball fans are, and they've been that way for quite some time. Now, they have the right to feel however they want to feel, mm-hmm. okay? They absolutely have that right. And if they want to voice their displeasure by not going, they have every right to do that too. But but I'm telling you, Scott, if the if the schedule were reversed, there would be a segment of fans. It would be smaller but there would be a segment of fans complaining because there's two non-D1s in the schedule. And this this year, by the way, there are three. Right. How, how How's the team going to be this year? Everything is predicated on staying healthy. Because really, if you look, since they won the league championship, you lost Malik Marchetti for the year. And then the following year... You had games where you were only dressing seven or eight scholarship players because you had so many people well. hurt. And then last year, you know, the, the, you know, they still didn't have 
Jerry Cadwell. They didn't get Kobe Julian until the final eight games of the season. And uh, and then they lost Bray and AU. So the last three years, injuries have been a part of what has happened. So let me say this. If they can stay healthy, this year's team might be better than the team that we saw in 17-18. They got multiple guys who can shoot it. They have maybe for the first time that I can remember, not one, not two, not three, but four big men. Four that can all play. I mean, Isaiah Richards and Duguay and Theo Akuba and um, Jordan Brown. Those are men now. Those are men. Nobody else in the league is going to have that. Um, they have to stay healthy. If they do, this team's going to be very good. Are they going to be good enough to beat Indiana? Probably not. Okay. Indiana, some people are saying they may wind up being a top 10 team this year. Um, but they conceivably could go on the road and win those other road games. I don't know about Houston, okay, because Houston's coming off a Final Four appearance. Um, but they, they're going to have a chance. They're going to have a chance just about every time they take the court. Now, you got to go out and play well, mm-hmm. all right? But I think that this team could be really, really good. I did, I did and, and you can look for it, like, on the Raging Cajun website and other mm-hmm. social media outlets. I did a podcast the other day with Duguay. I'm just here to tell you, that young man has never had a bad day. He is one of the happiest human beings I have ever been around. The man has lived in four four different countries, has visited four or five others, has a couple on his bucket list, speaks five languages, and smiles all the time. And I said, do what makes you mad? He said, I don't, I don't get upset. Man, his game winner a couple years ago, uh, that, that thing, bring but, that up and you but start the, smiling. But the dude has never had a bad day. I just I'm love all, that I'm going to listen to that. I, lo- I, I, I love get, that. I get a little frustrated with his game sometimes because sometimes he takes ill-advised shots and sometimes, you know, he, he'll get a little out of control on the dribble. But he also does a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. He's an excellent rebounder. He's a good defender. Um, he's a very good offensive rebounder. And I, But I love his demeanor. I love his attitude. Um, and if you get a chance to listen to it, it's I will. It's just super. Can't wait. Jay Walker, Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. Want to segue into college football. Want to start with LSU and then get to UL. Um Bad loss for LSU. Yes, I know Auburn was ranked and all of that, but you settled for field goals. You made Bo Nix look like Michael Vick, and in the end, it cost you. And the reason I bring it up is you lost that one. Now you go to Kentucky, who's undefeated. Then you got Florida, who's talented. I know they just lost to Kentucky, but it's Florida. Then you go to Ole Miss. Then you go to Alabama. Then you have Arkansas. There is only one, and then you end the season against A&M, who is, you know, they, they're they having a bad year, too. There's maybe one game left on this schedule that LSU is going to be favored in, and that's against ULM. Hi, I'm Jay Walker, and I told you that three or four weeks ago. It's, it's, 
They were well. They were favored against Auburn, right? Um, but uh, and Mississippi State. But like, I, I thought after the Mississippi State win that they'd have a fighting chance against Auburn, and and they did. They should I mean, have won. You know, they should have they, won. They, they they should have won the game. But here's the reality, and and I I've, I've been saying it, and I think now that everybody understands what I've been saying, this is the worst ground game of an LSU team since I've been living in Louisiana and folks that's 50 years. It's 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 the worst in history. Georgia State with respect is 1 and 4. All right, we saw what App just did to them. They rushed for 267 yards against Auburn. LSU 29. Mm-hmm. LSU. They are 128th out of 130 teams in rushing this year. And I've consistently said, I think, look, the defense early in the season, yeah, they had problems. I'm like, I could actually see better. I can see the defense improving. There is an area of this team that is not going to get better based on everything I've seen, and that's the run game. And now we're five games into it, and somehow it's gotten worse. They are going to have a great deal of difficulty winning close games because they're sitting there with a 19 to 17 lead in the fourth quarter and they get the ball three or four different occasions and they can't move it Mm-mm. because they can't run it and so even though you completed a few passes here and there you know you had a lot of incompletions clock stops so you're not running clock and then you got to give the ball back to the other team and sooner or later the other team's going to score and Auburn did and they won the game it is and I don't see it, 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 Scott. Look, this is mind-boggling. This is LSU we're talking about. Okay, this is a team that two years ago was the best team in the history of college football, and now, now they're looking. They're, they, looking, they're, they're looking, looking at four and eight, five and seven, um, or three and nine. They're not going to lose to ULM. They already have three wins. Yes. Okay. Four and eight. It is a. It's it's for Coach O. It's not a matter of. If it's a matter of when, um, don't, it's not going. He's not going to be fired during the season because the buyout is twenty one point eight. You wait till after the year. I think it's sixteen point eight or something. I, I don't have the exact numbers. We're talking about a difference in five. But you're going to have to eat a ton of money either way. But I with, with Ed, what happened from the dream season? I mean, I, I've seen. I remember the Miami fall off was a little it made a little more sense because it was Larry Coker who took over and just had all the talent that was left behind and then it turned out okay he's just not a good D1 coach and then slowly it just went from they cuz that that Miami team in 02 you look at it and it was it's one of the most dominant talented teams ever right you look at LSU in 2019 in terms of just who they beat how they did it maybe the greatest college football team ever but the difference is oh it'd been there for a number of years the Miami thing made a little more sense not that it's acceptable by hurricane fans this this is bad man no it this is, is it is, is really it's bad. bad got a piece of information I, I have to share please go back to basketball scheduling for a minute there is a school okay that is a um, a mid-major that has had some very good mid-major success. Okay, out of um, out of a league that has had some teams jump up and bite teams in the NCAA tournament. Cajuns were very very close 
to having the home and home starting in Lafayette. And I think if people would have seen that game, they said, ooh. You know, they still would have complained, but they said they would have said, ooh, now that's that's a good get. At the last minute, they decided they wanted to play a home game and scheduled their fourth non-D1 game instead of playing the Cajuns, which forced the Cajuns to add a third non-D1. That's tough. That's some of the stuff you're running into now yeah. in scheduling. Had to race to schedule somebody really quick. <sighs> Louisiana football. Let's get back to college football because sure. I wanted to ask you about the Cajuns. We just had to throw that in there. Uh, no, no, I'm glad you did. You know, circle back, make sure all the info gets out there. Uh, talking to Coach Napier yesterday. Um, glad everyone's happy about the win, but I'm not happy, not satisfied right now. We got a lot of work to do. Uh, every every piece of that. Yeah, I think Ohio feels like the only sort of com- close to complete game they've played this year. Um, they've got to play better if they want to beat App State. No one's going to argue that. What is it right now about this team that you are most confident in? And what is it about this team at this point in the season that in your mind is, is most worrisome? Maybe however you want to phrase it needs the most improvement quickly. We're, we're both questions. The first, the first part of that, I think for me is an easy, um, Easy answer, and that's the the defensive front seven. Um, they're good. They they're, they're as good as I think. You got to go back to the Nelson Stokely days, the last time that you had a front seven as good as this one. Um, you know, Gardner and McCaskill are men at the inside linebacker spot. You know, you got Manak and. A.J. Riley and Andre Jones and Zion Hill and Big Sauce. Those are seven men right there. Okay, they're men. Hutchinson benches like 600. And 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 he came off the bench and know. again had a couple big plays. See, and that's the other part. They have depth there. Um, that's That's, in my opinion, easily the strong point of this football team. Um. And the room for improvement is everywhere else. Everywhere else. I thought the offensive line had one of their better games against South Alabama. And the fact that they were able to come out and just run it down their throat is something that I'm not sure a lot of people expected. Certainly South Alabama didn't. Um, I think uh, I think the wide receivers can play better. I think the quarterback can play better. I think the running backs can run better. I think the I think the DBs can cover better, and I think the kicking game can be better. So, front seven, everything else. When you say kicking game, are you including Reese Burns? I think that there were there have been a couple of now Reese is, is a weapon, okay, and and so I'm being a little nitpicky, but he's had a couple of kicks that were shorter than what he normally does. Um, he's he's. You know the 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 thing you don't want are touchbacks. He's had one or two of those. Mm. Um, I just I felt now, like he's been he's been very good. And, and also the Cajuns have blocked three kicks yeah, in the last two weeks. I, I I feel like outside of the missed kicks, which are obviously worrisome. Okay, 
Outside of that, the game changers have done a good job. Special teams, but specifically against South Alabama, outside of the missed kicks, it, it, it was the best special teams performance of the season. Now, you can't, I get it's one, it's grouped together and, and you can't separate it. But I just think that that's naturally, understandably, going to draw a lot of focus, right? You miss kicks, you end up losing the game. It's it, it it comes with the territory. But if you look at the rest of the special teams in Mobile, I it was it was really really good. And heck, Chris Smith right out the gate. I mean, if you don't get off to that hot start, you don't win that game. Um, but now you're back home. You have two extra days to prepare a team that's had your number, not last year, but every other year. At home, scared money don't make money. This is you're you're four and one. You've won four straight. A week from the night, Jay. A it's, week from tonight. It's performances like we have seen this year will get you embarrassed. All right. Can I can I put it any more succinctly than that? I think that's a good way to put it. Um Appalachian State's very good. Um the Cajuns have not. They did against Ohio, but is that because they had a good game or because Ohio's not a good football team? The answer is probably both. But they have not come close to playing as well as they can play, and it hasn't been close. And look, they might go out and play their best game of the season and still not have success next week. App is very good. Um, but... I think if they go out and they play their best game of the year, it's going to be a dogfight because uh, I think the Cajuns are good enough to, to be right there. But anything less than their best effort is is not going to have a good result. And I, And that's my analytical thoughts about the game, not my emotional thoughts about the game. You know, I still to this day, Scott, and I – Maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because I've been around the Cajun program longer than a lot of fans have been alive. Um, But you're never going to see me bitch about winning. Somebody did an interview. Somebody said, well, it was an ugly win. He said, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Every win the Cajuns have ever had since I've been doing this has been wonderful. And if you don't understand that, then you weren't around when they won nine games in five years. So every win is precious. The Cajuns are four and one. And 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 I, I put something on my Facebook page. You're never going to see me complain about a win. A hashtag quit whining. And some dude comes on my Facebook page and says, well, the quarter, you've got a fifth-year quarterback and he's not playing well and we're about to get embarrassed by App State. And, and then he says, I'm tired of finishing second in conference championship games. Uh, it's happened twice. Twice. But he's tired of it. Microwave society. I want it all. I want it now. And if I don't get it, I'm going to throw myself on the floor and pound my fist and kick my heels and say, "Wah." There is is this a is this a semantics argument? There is something to like what do you define as whining? Because as you said, you can look at these last couple of games and say, if all you if have you to say again, after wins, if all you've got is to talk bad about your football team, you're whining. 
What, what, what is what is it about when you win down? Okay, you got to be better here, here, and no, there. no. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm just saying. Where's the line? So the line for you is basically if you have nothing positive and you're you are emotionally upset after a win, then you're whiny, basically. Yeah, I, I, you know, you can be analytical because some people hear you say that and they take it as, oh, is he saying I'm whiny? And there's some people out there that are well, some people are whining. I'm not saying everyone, <laughs> but I'm saying there's some people that are like, man, no. I'm really happy about the win, but you got to get better here and here and here. No, and, that's, and that's that's called analysis. Right. Okay. Right. I don't have any problem with analysis. I just the semantics thing. It gets it's, you know. Some, and, and, look, I have been saying for the better part of thirty years. Some people can't be happy unless they're miserable. And uh, those are the people that I'm talking about. Very small segment, okay, but a very vocal segment. And, and I, go, I go to the Cajun message board, and I participate a lot. I haven't even gone. I hadn't gone over there. I've clicked on one thread about, um, about conference realignment. But I haven't clicked on any thread about this football team this week. Because it's like, get a life. Understand the game before you come across as an expert. It is perfectly okay to say, okay, it's perfectly okay to say, why with five and a half minutes to go with the ball on our 10-yard line, do we give the ball to Amani Bailey and he runs all the way out to the 42 and then we send him out of the backfield and call a pass play? It is perfectly okay to say that. I asked Coach Napier as much yesterday. Yeah. He kind of addressed it before I could ask him, but I followed up because, like, what are you thinking in that moment? And he, he said, I mean, you can go back and listen to the whole thing yesterday, but he said he'd like to have that one back. I mean, I, it, it's, it, was, it, it was bad play calling in that moment. Doesn't mean he's bad. Sean Payton is a great football coach. He calls bad play sometimes. Sunday was one of his worst. Now, I'm not comparing the two situations, just pointing out I can – I can put a lot on the Saints loss on Sean Payton and him getting too emotional and bad play calling and still think that he's a great coach. I'm tired of finishing second in championship games. That's what he said on my Facebook page. Well, you know, get to the championship game and see what happens then. Well, got a ways to get there. Yeah. And, but you know, suppose they get to the championship game and lose again. You know, I mean, first of all, is that what your happiness depends on? For some, yes. For yeah, some, yes. I know. For some, yeah. But how to win it? But I'm just, but I'm just saying. And this is a, this is a guy, and and I know his age, and I've been doing this since before he was born. Um, go through the wilderness. Let your football team win five games in nine years, and then ask how it feels to play for a championship. There's something about. Uh, for some, Jay, expectations can create disappointment. Sure. And expectations for this team is to win the Sun Belt. That's correct. Period. That's correct. Uh, and when you don't reach them, it feels different than when you're a team that, I mean, HUD's first year was like, wow! We won eight regular season games. It was crazy. And, and we thought we had won the national championship. Right. It's 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 sort of perspective and where you're at. But to your point, when you, as you put it, been through the wilderness, your, uh, your view of it is going to be extremely different. Oh, sure. Um, sure. Look, I'm happy to be four and one. 
And I'm you also said if you perform, you know, a week from the night like you did on it's not, say, it's yeah, not going to it, be pretty. It's, it's going to be bad on national TV. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, I am not, I'm not Pollyanna. Okay. I am not one of those people that it's always hearts and flowers. If they don't play their best game of the year, it'll be pretty next Tuesday because they're playing a very good football team who might not be the best team in the league. You can hate on Coastal all you want. You can talk about their schedule all you want. Hey. They're really good. You know, when you've Facts. got when you've got national people now starting to mention the name Grayson McCall as a dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, it's not going to happen. But. No, but he's pretty <laughs> good. Okay, he's pretty good. Yeah, he is. They, um, their performance that they've had this year isn't going to be good enough next week. Now, does it mean that that's what's going to happen? And that's where CDS sets in. We joke about that a lot. Cajun disaster syndrome. Always waiting for the other shoe to drop. CDS. Do they does CDS print out really, really long receipts? No. Sorry. No, they don't. Now, if and if they go out and they get spanked because they played poorly, you know, if fans want to complain about that, have at it, man. Have at it. But you know what? They could play their best game of the year and still not win because App State's very good. And when your expectation is to win the belt. That was my expectation, but you know what? It could still happen. And and you know what else? It can still happen even if they lose next Tuesday. That's true. Because the following game in Jonesboro, where the Cajuns haven't won very much, you win that one and you're going to be in the title game. You're going to have a chance to win a championship if you win at Arkansas State, regardless of what happens next Tuesday. What was that last word you said? Tuesday. Terrible. Tune. Tuesday. ESPN1420.com. Coming up next. Welcome back, ESPN 1420. For those that are listening on demand after the fact, you missed another great, terrible tune Tuesday. You see what the, the, happened with Morton Anderson in the Ring of Honor? No. The, the Saints is on our website now. I put it up yesterday. The Saints made some uh, renovations in the Superdome, or I guess the state did. Anyway, the Ring of Honor is now like higher up in the dome, and I think it's like digital instead of old painted blocks. Probably ominous when folks got into the Dome Sunday. Probably a sign of things to come because it said Morton, as in like the steakhouse and not Morton. They misspelled the name. They only have six people in the Ring of Honor. It's not like it's this wide group. And the guy happens to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and happened to sing that song you were just hearing there. But yeah, that was that was probably a bad sign whenever there was a misspelling. Sign of the apocalypse. Um, all right. Alabama, Georgia. They're gonna are they just gonna play twice? Is that where this whole season's going in college Probably. football? Probably. You know, they're so 
they're so head and shoulders above everybody else. And I guess there's a possibility that they could show themselves to be vulnerable. I think Alabama almost did in that game against Florida, you know. But, man, those two teams are awfully good. And if one wins in the title game, does the college football playoff committee try to separate it so they don't play once again the first time out? Yeah, I think they do. And then I, it's, I it's, say it's, the only way they can meet against the national championship. And w- the way other teams in the G f- in the P fives are losing, they'll have the built in reasoning. It's not, I don't think there's going to be two other undefeated teams where you're going to be able to say, "Oh, you have to put Georgia or Bama fourth if they lose that game," which makes the SEC title game almost uh, it, not meaningless, but in some ways meaningless. Yeah. Uh, no, they're both really good. Can Cincinnati actually break through, or is the committee just going to say, even if these dominoes continue to fall, is the committee I, just going to leave them out no matter what? All right, let's let's say they're 13-0. and 0. I go back, and I keep going back, to last year when we were talking about who was going to be in the New Year's Six. And Coastal Carolina had so much a better resume than Cincinnati did. And the committee was asked, and they said, well, we've watched film, we just think Cincinnati's better. I think that the committee can and probably will find a way to keep them out. I heard Barry, who's... Uh, help college football constituent. I don't know what his title is now, mm-hmm. but I mean, he was asked. He's like, it would, yeah, it would be under the current model. It, it's, it's not impossible, but it almost is impossible. And those that are in power, for the most part, there have a lot to lose as a result of it. And now they have the built-in. Well, yeah, but it's okay. Pretty soon, you'll have an opportunity in this future model. Winning by 11 against Notre Dame is impressive. People bag on Notre Dame. Yep. Winning by 11 in South Bend. Yeah. Notre Dame, the problem with Notre Dame is that the standard that many have for them, especially those that don't like them, is, oh, well, you should be Bama, Ohio State, whatever. That's how you get treated, and you're not that. They're not that. But they are that next tier just after that, and they've consistently won a lot of games. They are Notre bleeping That was game. the game that Cincinnati had to win. And they did it by double digits in South Bend. Now, you know, if they stub their toe, and, and look, they're, they still got to play SMU. Still got to play Memphis. Um, they could stub their toe, and then it becomes a moot point. But if they're 13-0, I'm, I'm convinced the committee will find a way to keep them out. A moot point. Daryl Johnson, Moose. The guy says mute point. I've heard him say it like six times calling NFL games. No one has the heart to tell him. Daryl, that's... That's not how you see That's Jay Walker. I'm Scott Prather. We'll do it again next week. And on that day, it'll be game day. Yes, it will. Have a great one, buddy. Thanks for coming in. You too. Enjoy your uh, little little excursion. I will be uh, out the next few days. Norman Locke will be handling duties in the morning. He does a great job. He'll do a great job as always. Be back on the air a week from the day. Have a good one, everybody. One game at a time.